0: All right, we're live.
1: Welcome back to Talk with ARMY. I'm your co-host, Delilah.
0: And I'm your co-host, Daisy.
1: And it is ARMY Anonymous once again. Always happy to do this segment, uh, especially when it's close to the comeback season, because You know, that's when, that's when we're gonna get a a lot of interesting questions. Right, and actually at the time of us
0: recording this, we're actually recording this the day of, so we're gonna submit this later tonight. Um, So by the time, like, so when you guys hear this, it would be like probably like maybe five hours earlier than when we finished. Um, And um, it's actually a week, actually, to the day after the release of yet to come and basically just a whole proof album in general and it's been a very interesting week (laughs) that's all i'm gonna say uh it's been a roller coaster of emotions um many ups many downs um many confusing times but somehow we're here we all made it and um i hope the fandom is doing well i think we're kind of in our stabilizing period right now at least I hope. Um, and, you know, as we progress into the summer, uh, I feel like maybe things are going to just start looking upwards from here on out. So um, I guess with all that being said, let's get started on these submissions. So obviously with every section, um, you know, we with every Army Anonymous, I mean, we have the general section first. So we're going to start with that. And this first submission just says western media and this is from the usa and it's so funny to me because it's like saying so little but so much at the same time like western media that could mean so many things so so
1: let's let's talk a little bit
0: about western media
1: i mean we could talk about western media in the context of now and how everyone is once again always frothing at the mouth um in regards to the possibility that BTS is disbanding and whatnot. And it's like, who said that? Uh, I, I remember, Not BTS. It reminds me of back when BTS did the same thing, when they were announcing their vacation. They announced a vacation, and everyone was <laughs> like, oh, it's the end for them. One Direction Part 2. And like everyone who wanted to see BTS fall were so excited at the notion of them breaking up. And it made no sense because it's it's a vacation and it's explicitly stated that it is. Um, and then once right. again, once again, western media is twisting uh, the words of Bangtan once more with the the word hiatus. I understand that in the western music field West, the Western music sphere, a lot of times when people say, "Oh, there's a hiatus, usually that's just um, a way to segue you into them never releasing music ever again. But BTS are not a Western music act uh, that when they say, um, we're gonna take a hiatus, meaning we're taking a break. It means they're taking a break, and that's all it means. And I understand why Namjoon was so frustrated and so angry in his Weaver's letter, because in a moment of wanting to be honest with armies, emphasizing with armies, people took those Mm -hmm. words out of context to twist it to something that he didn't even mean. And none of the other boys meant either.
0: Right. It wasn't even just, you know, Namjoon coming on with his very long and detailed Weaver's letter, but also Jungkook when he came onto to V-Life that same day as well. And, you know, they said that, you know, Jungkook said he woke up to so many different, like, sensational headlines, like BTS disbanding, BTS this, BTS that, and he had to set the record straight. He was like, guys, we're not disbanding. And they said that very clearly in their FESTA video so I don't know how media ever twisted it to me that they're disbanding when they literally said themselves in that video, they're like, it's not like we're disbanding. We're just taking a little break. You know, it's not really, you know, that big of a deal. They said um, Relax. Mm -hmm. right they said relax bro and on top of that like namjoon as well he was incredibly frustrated because if anyone has watched the festa dinner video he was the most emotional out of all the members because you know two years of holding all of this in and thinking that it was the wrong direction because he didn't want to disappoint fans and he felt guilty that he was uh wanting to take a break and all of that just ended up spilling over and he just broke down um you know To see him so honest and so vulnerable and still people are twisting his words, I totally understand why he is just absolutely done. And like he said, he said that this video was for armies and for armies only. That's why they didn't put it in some formal big hit statement or anything like that. They wanted us to tell them, like they wanted to tell us what was going on by themselves and that's what they did. And so, you know, this whole thing, especially with Western media, is really frustrating. And honestly, like, F One Direction forever setting that precedent for every boy group to come after them. That a is just immediately means disbandment. Because that's just not true. Right. And, you know... For people to just always assume that, oh, because a group group is going on a break, that means that they're done. It means that they're tired of each other, that they're going solo, that they never liked each other. It's honestly just so annoying to me. And, you know, somebody had said it before on Twitter that it's so frustrating that, like, all these groups after One Direction now cannot take a healthy break for themselves without being suspected to disband. And so One Direction, they should have just been honest from the start. Honestly, F them for doing that. And um, an extra F you to Liam Payne just because.
1: <laughs> no, but it it's so frustrating that... Um, and and you know we know we have known that Western media likes to spy on army spaces They are now looking at Weavers and Weavers magazine. they were looking at armies when we were having talks on clubhouse like we know they're there and um, we know they're in our spaces but it, it feels like that to ask them to have some, common decency and respect and report things accurately, not sensationalize them. It's as if by asking that, it's asking too much. Um, And and a lot of people were praising, like, this one um, would appear to be, like, some kind of, like, news outlet for reporting it correctly, but that was not a news outlet. Um, That was BTS's UK PR agency. So the reason why it was so accurate is because that was specifically you know, written by um, PR for BTS.
0: Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. It's Dawbell. Um, And they had released a thread um, explaining what exactly was going to be going on. And it was the most accurate I've ever seen it. uh, I've ever seen the announcement be portrayed. And the fact that the only reason why it's accurate is because it was their UK PR team. And not because any journalist um, from any country decided to have any type of journalistic integrity. It's so frustrating to me. The fact that that was the most accurate. And so far, no one has been able to correctly report on this. And so I can totally understand why BTS are frustrated. And I can understand why armies are frustrated and confused and upset. And there's just been so many emotions that have been flying across the timeline and it's been a lot and so i just hope that we're all okay i hope that we can all just take a little bit of a break because i you know this time has not only been really exhausting for bts but for the fans as well because everybody's under a microscope when it comes to bts like nobody is safe and so honestly after this like i'm just so so done with western media like i don't even think i retweeted any articles like even reporting about the album or the announcement or anything because i feel like during this time i've just become more um inclined to just stay in my bts bubble just for my peace of mind because the way that western media has just been moving not even just this year every single year ever since bts has started blowing up in the west since 2017 I've just become more and more protective of my space and I become more and more protective of armies within this space and of course BTS. And so this year I feel like I'm just done. I'm tired. I'm I'm over it.
1: Yeah, and I mean we had done like a small episode about BTS media coverage literally last summer in July of 2021. Um, yeah. and of course it's you know same old same old um I'm not even surprised that nothing has changed because people don't care. Journalistic integrity has not been a thing in probably decades. <laughs> like, if we're going to be honest, especially in the pop music sphere, um, mm-hmm. it, it's it's something that at this point you can just expect to be disappointed. But, you know, I feel like we're after, you know, about two or three days of just so many emotions spreading, I feel like we're snapping back into our usual stride pretty quickly. We understand what is the reality of what's going to be happening further. We know run BTS is still going to be airing because the boys said that we know that they're still going to be taking pictures, hanging out with each other. Like, honestly, it's just going to not probably be that different other than we will not be, you know, expecting a, a full album anytime soon. And I, I think,
0: that's okay. hmm Right. Uh, they've been putting in so much work for the past two years, even though they weren't planning to at all. This break is actually two years late. They were supposed to take this break after on, and then they couldn't because of the pandemic. And they ended up releasing all this extra music that we otherwise would have literally never gotten if it was not for the pandemic every musical project they have done in the past two years would have never existed. And so the fact that they were already so tired and exhausted and burnt out, but they still put so much of their effort into this. They still went out of their way to do all of this for us. I feel like I don't even mind however long this next group album takes. And, you know, we're going to be getting their solo projects. Um, of course, as we know, uh, there is that collab that Jungle Cats with Charlie Puth. That um, will potentially be released on the 24th, I believe. And then there's also Hobie's album that's gonna be coming out mid July next month. And then, of course, his Lollapalooza performance that he's gonna be doing um, shortly after his album release. So there's a lot on the horizon for us. Even though it may feel like they're taking a pause, they're kind of not really. I mean, they're still doing stuff, it's just not anything group related for the time being and then later on you know when they've had you know a bunch of time to explore by themselves and do all this uh experimentation and work on their music individually we're gonna get them back but I mean I feel like now we've kind of understood that we just needed time to process the news and so At the moment, all we need to do is just focus on BTS, focus on armies, and not worry about what Western media is doing, or any media for that matter. Because media, honestly, especially when it comes to covering uh, the music industry, it's the same wherever you go. It really does not matter. So, uh, yeah. I mean, all I'm going to say is let's just focus on being the best that we can and focus on supporting BTS. Uh, I know that the first tracking week has just ended, so hopefully our hard work has, put, has gotten us some results. I'm really hoping for that number one on Billboard 100, Hot 100 and Billboard 200. I'm hoping. Fingers crossed.
1: Right. So with that, we'll move on to the next submission. This one says, I'm just wondering why their skin in the best of pictures looked so light. Was it an intentional move on the editor's part or a consequence of some picture enhancer thing? I have no experience whatsoever of editing pictures, so I want to else opinion before I go accusing their photographers of whitewashing. This is from the USA. I mean, it's probably yeah, it, it is whitewashing. But the thing is, when things like whitewashing are so ingrained in a culture, it it's almost it's like. Intentional and unintentional simultaneously. Like they're they're not yeah. thinking of doing it as they're doing it. It's just it's just how it works, I guess.
0: Yeah, I guess it's just normalized to the point where it's almost done subconsciously, where like people just do it without thinking these days. Although I will say that for these pictures, it's actually not as whitewashed as people think it is. Because I remember um, one person who I follow. Um, I don't remember her exact Twitter ad, but her name is Dia, and um, she was talking about um, the whole whitewashing issue. Because you know the way that people were trying to combat that and like trying to post like unwhitewashed versions of the pictures, um, their solution was basically just turning the exposure all the way back down, which is basically photoshopping their their pictures equally as much as the whitewashing. So that actually didn't help. So um, you know what she explained is that. Um, yes, there is a problem with whitewashing with the pictures, although they're a lot more paler in complexion than people may think. Although, editing the photos that we got from the official Weverse fan community probably isn't going to work because it is a photoshopped image. The only way to get it back to their accurate skin tone is if we had the original picture without any of the photoshopping, which we don't have. So, um... Yes, it's a problem, but then the way that people are editing it to make it look like their natural skin color, it's actually not their natural skin color either. So, um, we're just gonna have to- it's more of, like, an issue that we need to talk about and rather not something that we need to challenge head-on by just editing already edited pictures, if you see what I'm saying.
1: Mm -hmm. Like, I- I mean, yeah, people want to, like, edit pictures, like, that's- that's their prerogative and stuff, but also we're- we- Non-Koreans living outside of Korea are not going to be doing anything um, to combat whitewashing like that. It's it's a huge uh, issue in not just Korea but honestly a lot of East and South Asian countries. Uh, so it, it's just it's just funny um, to think that like we are somehow actually combating the issue but in reality it's just something we can do. A lot of times um problems uh in certain countries can only be solved by the people in that country. That's just how it works.
0: Oh yeah definitely. So if anything we just need to motivate you know the K-Armies in fact to maybe bring up these issues because um obviously people on that side of the community are gonna be able to more effectively deal with the situation. So yeah, um, that takes care of that submission. So the next submission says, I've been having so much anxiety with this upcoming comeback and it's stressing me out, but it's weird because I de-stress by telling myself it's just about BTS and the music. But that anxiety monster keeps sneaking up on me uh, and saying, Billboard changed the rules specifically to limit our most efficient way of supporting the boys on the charts. And we still don't have industry support with radio. And I don't want BTS to get hated as long as English But i also don't want radio to ignore because it's in korean like i literally just want bts to be happy and successful but there is so much against us that it feels overwhelming i've been in army since 2017 i understand firsthand how much bts and army have overcome in the face of huge barriers including billboard rule changes and it doesn't help that there is a large portion of international fans that love to dog on us armies if we don't meet our goals and call us lazy I really just want to stay off Twitter so I don't see any of it, but I also love sharing and experiencing a BTS comeback with armies on Twitter. I don't know; it's just a conflicted, uh, it's just a conflicted um, idea of how in my head ever since Permission to Dance was released. And this is from the USA. Honestly, I do relate to this post a little bit because I, it's it's it can get pretty overwhelming, especially with all the rule changes. Because then we always have to be switching up our streaming and buying techniques and all sorts of things just to help BTS in the best way that we can and. You know, they'd also recently changed the rules on Billboard uh before this comeback actually. So um that's another thing that we had to change. Um, because if I'm not mistaken, the new rule was that like it was one digital copy per song per account. So if you wanted to buy, you know, multiple copies of Yet to Come, then you have to use a different email or account um so that it would count towards Billboard charts. And so we've been trying our best to work our way around that. And obviously we've been holding a lot more streaming parties on station head to make up for anything that's lacking. And it's really frustrating to have to continue to do all this because We just wish that BTS were in a position where their music was supported the way it should be. And radio has always been such a big problem because the U.S. just refuses to give their career and work the spins that it deserves, even though they're literally one of the most popular music acts in the world right now. And then on top of that, you know, having to deal with other people who aren't in the U.S. calling us lazy when they have absolutely no idea how hard it is to be working around all these billboard rules it's it's all just very frustrating and i get that like that confliction between wanting to be on twitter and share the experience with other armies but then also not wanting to be on twitter to avoid any type of negativity that you might see it's it's a lot for u.s armies we've we've had to deal with a lot
1: right and i also think that eventually you reach a point where it's going to be impossible to you know break certain records. Um, I mean, it's just eventually, like for example, like YouTube. At one point, it's going to be feasibly impossible to break the highest number in highest number of views in twenty four hours because once again, it's set between twenty four hours, and it's just really difficult to you know consistently have more and more streams within a framed time period unless you have like the entire uh global population watching it, right? Um
0: and mm. even
1: with, you know, armies and they're they're trying to stream as best as they could. They the streams still get filtered and it's it's honestly it is frustrating. But I think with if we go on with the mindset again that, you know, this is just about BTS and the music. Um Eventually, I think everyone will reach a point where we're satisfied with, you know, what we were able to accomplish and eventually reach a point where everything else is just icing on the cake.
0: Right. I feel like, especially now, rather than working to beat previous goals, I feel like our aim should be to work with the rules that we have the in the best way possible. Because the way with the way that some rules um, have changed, sometimes it's just going to be impossible to beat previous records because of those rule changes. So, you know, if we have more limitations on us, it's better to think in the mindset of working to the best of our abilities with those limitations, rather than working to beat our previous records, no matter how unrealistic it like it may seem. I feel like some people. Are definitely like fixated on breaking records and while breaking records are definitely good and it's something I feel like we should strive to do as a fandom if it's possible some of them are definitely unfeasible just with the rules that have been placed and so I feel like it may not be good to you know be totally hung up on that especially when you know there are other ways um, that we could be supporting BTS that don't require us to put in so much unrealistic effort And so I feel like we just need to learn how to pick our battles um, with these upcoming comebacks and figure out a way how to best support BTS. And, you know, for you, you know, in terms of, like, the confliction that you feel, um, if you still want to be on Twitter and share this experience with other armies, then what I would suggest you do is actually make a list of mutuals who you trust aren't going to be spreading negativity and then only um, scroll through that timeline while you're on Twitter so that you don't have to see any type of outside negativity you can just worry about sharing this moment with any of your twitter mutuals um or friends actually if you have a group chat of armies as well that would be good um or if you're not in one you should try and look for one um to be added into and invest in that because you know that's how like we said you know you guys know this but that's how delilah and i met and so um, being in a group chat of armies and we're all friends and we can always talk about things regarding the comeback there without having to look for um, outside simulation from people who we may not be mutuals with, I think that's also really good. So definitely explore those options if you still want to be on Twitter. Um, but if it's too much work for you, I mean, I would just suggest you keep your peace. I mean, there are ways you can enjoy the comeback that don't have to involve using social media. So It really just depends on the person.
1: Yeah. um, And I think um, I don't have anything else to add with that. Um, So we'll move on to the next submission. This one says, What are your thoughts on the K-pop bullying scandals? Do you think it's worth it to potentially ruin an idol's career? I believe that victims deserve justice and that the guilty must face consequences regardless of the situation. But I'd like to hear your thoughts on this because I've seen it happen a lot recently, such as Sujin leaving g Idol or the latest Kim Garam of La case. Although I know that most cases are c- circumstantial, I believe it is an important topic to discuss seeing it happen in K-pop groups nowadays. Please forgive me if my English is poor or my question is unclear. Love the podcast from India. Listen. What is it with
0: all these people who speak English so good <laughs> and then they say sorry for my English?
1: You sound great, grammar perfect keep going, but, um, this question, okay, I don't want to get too into it, because me and Daisy are actually going to speak a little bit about the Kim Garam situation in another episode, um, probably the next one's going to come out, and you might think, how is that related to BTS? Oh, it is, because the reaction to this bullying scandal was absolutely So blown out of proportion. I have never seen such reaction, such demonization of a 12-year-old girl's bullying scandal in my life. And yes, bullying in Korea is very serious because the type of bullying that happens in Korea is very... It's like beyond just being mean. It's usually very violent and just absolutely disgusting. And I understand that. But listen... Uh, the fact that so many issues are people just making things up and then just going with it. I've seen people say Garam, you know, it has beaten people with flower pots, that the police have escorted her to school, that she has a restraining order, and there's absolutely no sources for absolutely any of these. All of people's sources is from Pan, and if You don't know what Pan is. It's basically Korean Reddit. It's just some (laughs) user makes a post, and then other people comment on the post, and then there's upvotes and, like, downvotes. It's literally Korean Reddit. And, um, I, I, and it's just so obvious that people saying that, like, she's, you know, the worst thing in the K-pop industry, and... Um, and then using the fact that Hive is defending her and using that as then projecting it onto BTS saying, oh, well, you know, if Hive is defending her, what else are they hiding, you know, from BTS? Because it's just unrealistic that BTS doesn't have a scandal. Like, people want BTS to be bad people so bad and it's absolutely sickening.
0: I know. Like this whole thing of people trying to link it to BTS is actually the main reason why we wanted to make this into an episode because it's not even just like this instance, but a lot of instances where BTS will be completely unrelated to an incident in K-pop and yet they're still being linked to it somehow. And it's mainly because that at the moment BTS are the face of K-pop. They're the face of um, a lot of things involving Korea. And so because of that, people will add them to discourse whether they're actually involved within it or not. And that's the most frustrating thing because like you have all these people who are supposed to be focusing on a case of bullying between these two girls, but then they're talking about, oh, if they're defending her, imagine BTS, or oh, it's crazy how you guys are, have an anti bullying campaign, but then you're defending this bullying. It's like, no, that was an exclusively BTS thing that they partnered with for UNICEF. And the way that people are twisting their UNICEF campaign simply just to trash uh, Kim Garam or to trash HYBE is just so gross because that's the the only time I ever see K-pop fans bring up anything that BTS have done philanthropically is for fan wars. You will never see these people donate to the cause. You will never see these people spread awareness for that cause. But when it comes to fan wars, they're all up on it. And that's what pisses me off. And, you know, I feel like we're gonna get into it in that episode, but it's gonna require a lot of research because, obviously, in the case of this bullying issue, there's been like a lot of information going around, a lot of misinformation. So, we wanna make sure that we have all of our sources straight before we get to that. But in terms of these bullying scandals, um, especially if, like, I, I did see like tweets where it was like, oh, If it turns out that, like, Garam was innocent, I still think that she should leave the group because she's already caused enough damage. And I'm like, the people who caused damage were y'all who believed misinformation without question. And somehow you're blaming this 16-year-old girl for all of the reactions that you people have put out? That just seems very, very ridiculous to me. And it seems like everyone is just avoiding responsibility for their own reactions, And so I think that it's just a really interesting topic that we're going to be able to dive into. So I'll hold off on most of my thoughts, but yeah, that's, that's basically a a sneak peek into our thoughts on this.
1: Yeah. Just know that, um, first of all, when it comes to the ground situation, it's being legally debated right now. The courts are taking care of it. Um, and basically both parties are saying that the same document that, um, the... Girl that's accusing Garam, the document she has that is like the bullying report incident. Um, Hive is also saying that same document also um coincides with the story that hive and Garam released. And considering that the whole document has not been released, we've only seen like half of the front page of it. We we really don't know um what the that document states until it's probably gonna be read in court or something. So Honestly, we genuinely, you know, don't know what the outcome is going to be because one piece of evidence is being used by both parties to um say Say two completely different things. Yeah, say to say two completely different things. Um although I do know that, you know, people say that, oh, she's guilty because the Ministry of Education confirmed the document and it's like, no, the Ministry of Education all they said was yes, this document is real, um, and, like, basically confirmed its authenticity, but HYBE has already said the document is also real, so I feel like that added nothing to the situation. I feel like not only is K-pop fans blowing this out of proportion, I feel like Korean media is also using this as a way to, you know, finally catch HYBE in, like, some ridiculous scandal, too
0: yeah but we'll we'll talk about that in that episode so for now we'll move on to a different uh submission and so this next submission says hi your episode on idol rappers was really interesting and informative as someone who's never really consumed rap and hip-hop before discovering bts i can immediately see why the rap line was so good they were all interesting the raps didn't feel forced they suited the song and their flow was always engaging i like the rap line it's like the rap line are singing with spoken word if that makes sense Now whenever I listen to K-pop, I can tell when the raps feel out of place or when they're more speaking than rapping. Anyway, looking forward to more episodes and this is from the UK. Yeah, that idol rap episode, uh, didn't we actually like take a look at like the number of listens it had the other day? And it was quite a lot. Um... We didn't really realize how popular that episode would end up being. If anything, when we first dropped that episode, we thought it was going to be, like, super controversial. We thought that this was going to be, like, our cancelled era. We thought that, like, this is the end of Talk with ARMY. But then people actually ended up really liking that episode. So we're glad. And we're glad that it was informative and interesting for you. Um, and in terms of like, uh, you know, hip hop and rap in other K-pop groups, obviously there are, you know, specific cases where I will say that the rapping in other groups is okay. I'm fine with it, you know? Um, although for a lot of these groups, um, obviously we've talked about a little bit in that episode for those who haven't listened, that a lot of these groups will have a rapper, not because the people who are the quote unquote rap line are actually good at what they do, but more so to appeal to uh international audiences. Because the whole thing about K-pop is that it's a cultural export. And so in order for them to export this culture of theirs, they want to make it appealing to the people they are exporting it to. They want to appeal to these demographics of people. And so that's why they have so many, like there's not, there's barely any groups I can think of that actually don't have a rapper in it because it's just become such a normalized thing in K-pop to, for every group to just have a rapper in it for the sake of having a rapper and not because the people who are the rappers are actually good at rapping. And we talked about how Yoongi had even mentioned it in um, BTS's song, We're Bulletproof Part 2 where he said that so many people are signed to companies and are forced to rap simply just because they can't sing. And this was way back in 2013. He was spitting that heat nine years ago, Min Yoongi for the win, period. Mm. But at the same time it really does speak truth to a lot of these groups and you know that's why when i first became an arby and you know people were recommending other groups to me i would genuinely go and check them out but it was always the rapping that put me off like i would be listening to a song and i'd be like yo this this song is pretty good and then here comes the obligatory beat switch and rap verse and then suddenly the whole thing just just completely falls apart and i feel like that is such a massive problem within the industry And they like, I feel like K-pop just really needs to let go of the guerrilla grip that rapping has on that industry where not every group needs a rapper. If nobody in your group can rap, that's fine. Focus on vocals, focus on the things that they're good at. Why do you have to put them in a situation where they're rapping and they don't even know what they're doing. A lot of these people who are rappers, they don't even write their own lyrics. So it's like, can you even really say that they're authentic rappers if they're not even telling their own stories? Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Everything is just wrong with that whole thing.
1: Also, um, something that uh, that's actually something I've been liking seeing from HYBE uh, is that all of their groups after BTS, TXT, and HYPEN, the seraphim all of them like there's not a rapper in the group um every once in a while um someone might take on like a rapper role for like one or two songs but like they they didn't debut with saying okay this is the rapper in the group and then that's it like they're they're basically an all vocal group and every once in a while if it fits the song's vibe they might rap a bit um And that's something that uh, I really hope that the K-pop industry, you know, continues to follow that trend.
0: Right. Because I feel like putting that pressure on people to be a rapper is just just setting them up for disaster because... I think it's totally fine if like you have like a group that's all vocalists and and on occasion they want to explore maybe trying some rap verses every once in a while because no one is ever like a like static um, label of something. You know, they're, you know, even Jungkook, for example, he debuted and his whole thing was that he was the main vocalist. However, he did a lot more raps back in the day. Um, and even now with the rap line, a lot of them these days, like Namjoon, Yoongi, Hobi, like, um, for quite a few of the more recent songs, they're taking more vocal approaches. I know that they did that with Life Goes On. They did that with Yet To Come. Uh, they did that with, uh, For Youth. You know, there's a lot of instances where they're actually working to, um, you know, take more vocal approaches. And I remember in the Festa Dinner, a few days ago, um, yuki had even said that he was like, oh, you know, if one day I ever have a solo concert, I think that if I just rap for two hours, it might be quite boring. So that's why I was taking some vocal lessons so I can switch it up. And that's something that he wanted to do. So you don't like just because you're a singer doesn't mean you have to strictly sing. And just because you're a rapper doesn't mean you have to strictly rap. And so I'm glad that like for a lot of these like groups under hype, they don't they're not like forced to take up these uh, obligatory labels, and they can just experiment however they want to. And I feel like that is something, like you said, Delilah, I feel like that's something that the K-pop industry should take away. That's a, that should be the new trend, honestly.
1: Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll probably see what happens in about, I don't know, give it like a year or two. And then we'll Mm. see um, if people follow suit because, you know, the K-pop industry, it it changes rapidly. Trends trends Mm -hmm. move very fast. Um, So we can totally expect um, to maybe see a shift. Or, you know what, maybe there won't be any shift. And maybe people will just be like, um, nope, we're going to still have um, some random trainee be pigeoned into a rapper role. Uh, We'll see.
0: Disgusting.
1: (laughs) But next edition, this one says, Hi guys, so I've been in ARMY since September 2017 with Love Yourself Her, so I've experienced a lot of the exponential growth BTS has every comeback, but as the goals get higher and higher, I always wonder if we can reach them. I'm not sure if I'm the only one that thinks about it. Sometimes it's nerve-wracking, especially now when everyone from K-pop stands to news outlets are watching ARMY every move. And B didn't sell as much as we thought it would, unfortunately. And I often wonder if BTS's huge scandal in China has anything to do with it. Chinese fans usually bulk buy huge quantities of albums, and I know a lot of those fan bases closed right before B was released, and I wonder if that will affect proof as well. I know I will enjoy the album regardless of sales, but it's just something I think about sometimes, and I just wanted your guys' opinion on it. From the USA. Um... Yeah, this kind of, uh, connects to what we mentioned back um, in the earlier submission about how eventually, you know, it's going to be difficult to try to top all of our goals. And so far, we see that, um, we haven't been able to beat Map of the Soul 7's album sales, but I Mm. think we have to be a bit realistic, um, about external circumstances. I mean, think about it like this. Um, even though we, um was you know it was its own you know unique um, album concept it wasn't like a repackage or an anthology like proof however, it, it's we were still in the pandemic right and so it's possible that a lot of people just didn't have the resources to you know be to be supporting um, BTS by buying their albums. And um, that's perfectly right. fine. Um, So, you know, when when you release things in a pandemic, um, that's why you see um, a lot of when uh, movie blockbusters like Marvel movies, they say, oh, this is the highest grossing film since theaters reopened. Like they are contextualizing COVID into the grand scheme of the industry. And I think that's what we have to be mindful of, too, um, when we look at BTS's recent releases.
0: Yeah, agreed. And um, for those who may be confused as to what this person is talking about in terms of the Chinese scandal, um, basically what had happened was uh, late last year, I believe. Um, either late last year or early this year. Um, I may have been a mixture of both. But um, it was Nam June, and he was watching some sort of, like, I think it was something to do with ice skating. And then he was supporting... Um, a Korean contestant within that um, uh, competition. And people from China got mad because um, he wasn't supporting the Chinese contestant who I think won actually over the Korean one. And so there was some sort of like scandal with that, even though I really just don't see why that should be a big of a deal. Of course, if you see somebody from your own country performing... Um, or, like, competing in a sports competition, like, why would you not support that? Like, I just don't get it.
1: Right, exactly. Um, to be honest, it's always been something that happens with any, uh, fan bases in China. They they seem to be, like, really quick to close, um when, like, there's some sort of scandal that happens. I, I mean, I don't know enough about Chinese fan culture to really speak about it, but it, it is something that I've witnessed with other, uh, idols, and it is not, like, a BTS-specific thing. So, um, I, I feel like the lesson to take away from it is to just not rely on Chinese fans. Um, and, and that could sound, and that, and that could sound a little bit harsh. <laughs> like, I'm not saying, oh, Chinese fans don't matter, Obviously, I'm not saying that, but um, it's not really fair to place so much pressure on a country's fan base to contribute success to an artist's comeback.
0: Sorry, I just remembered. uh, The thing that I'm speaking of in terms of, like, that sports competition, that was from earlier last year. This person was talking about B, and I just remembered what um, that whole scandal was. Wasn't it something to do with... um, what was it? Um it was taught I think it was uh something to do with uh um I'm trying to think of the specific words. Um I think it was that maybe uh Nam- it was either Num June or BTS or somebody and they were acknowledging like Koreans who had um uh fought in was it the war or something? I don't know. It was some sort of military thing. Um, and then Chinese fans were mad at the fact that that they weren't acknowledged within that or that he was basically siding against China by only acknowledging the Koreans or something. Um, I don't know the full context of the situation, but that caused like a massive uproar. And so I'm oh, not sure. I
1: think I know what you're talking about. It was something about, like, um, Korean war comments. Because I think um, Namjoon was talking... Um, so, basically, he was talking about how South Korea has, like, this shared history of pain... Um, ah, yes. ...with the U.S. Um, because of the conflict back in the 50s um, when the two countries, you know, they were, they were allied... And a, a a lot of Chinese social media users, um, they they were very angry because they felt excluded in that because you know Beijing had been um, um, had been a, a part of that war, um, and it just it created a big mess. I mean, there were. Um, BTS advertisements in China that were, like, being removed from social media. Um, a lot of fan sites closed. Um, people felt like if you're gonna take money from Chinese fans, you have to be considerate of Chinese feelings. To be honest, it, like, I, I don't, it, it was clearly not at all an intention to be exclusionary of Chinese fans. It was just in the context of what he was speaking, it was about Korea and the U.S., um and a lot of people just did not um they they just felt hurt by that and once again i don't understand or i don't have knowledge of you know chinese social media and chinese culture so i i i don't know whether or not um how the reaction if it was warranted or not but um, that that happened, um, and so we 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 haven't really had support of Chinese um, fan, not not fans. They don't call them fan sites. Chinese bars—that's what they're called. Um, we haven't mm. really had um, those since then. Um, but yeah, but honestly, if you didn't know about it, um, then like, don't worry about it. Like, it, 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 you you don't need to think about it too much if this is your first time hearing about it.
0: Yeah, so it was, like, a mixture of that. And then, obviously, like, the thing that happened, like, last year when Nanjing was supporting that Korean, um, it may have been, um, I forgot the name of the sport. I don't think it was just regular ice skating. I forgot the name of the sport, but it was something to do with ice sports. Um, so it was a combination of, like, those two things that have kind of, like, been seen as controversies in China. Or, at the very least, the first one definitely was. The second one may have just been a bunch of bitter netizens online. I'm not sure, because, like Delilah said... Chinese social media is something that we're not really privy to because they use different social media to us because in China, for all who don't know, things like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, they don't have any of that. All of that is blocked when you go over there. Even Google, you go over to China and you try and open Google, it doesn't work. Um, I know because I was there once in 2016. None of my social media was working, none of my browsers were working, and the only time they did work was when we were in a hotel that happened to use VPN. So we were able to access it in that hotel, but just like nowhere else, wherever you connected to internet. So I don't really know the type of magnitude that the reactions were just because we don't really have access to their social media. And so it's kind of difficult to like be navigating something like Weibo from the international side. And so... I never really got, like, the full context of the situation because I feel like in terms of, like, uh, social media or just, like, things going on in other countries, we get more about Korean news than we do about, like, Chinese news. So um, I don't know too much about that. All I just know is that that happened and it just wasn't good and a lot of Chinese bars closed. And so I just think to kind of bring this back to, like, the main point of the submission um like we said in the previous submission we just have to now work with the limitations that we have and we have to be realistic with our goals i don't think that we should just always be in the frame of mind to just constantly be looking to beat our old records when we know that some of those records are just not really feasible for us to beat at the moment so yeah um that is that submission so the next submission says there's been talk about bts coming to india and i am so happy and and excited about it Desmes deserve this and we've waited long but my concern is overbearing Bollywood celebs and xenophobic folks making BTS's experience with us garbage. I wish we could do a project like Purple Ribbon, send a perspective, list of big hits so they can blacklist celebs and Purple Ribbon security for BTS. And this is from India. Yeah um I am like honestly like like I feel so bad for like people because you know BTS was going to go to, like, so many different places for the Map of the Soul tour, and um, we learned that India, um, I believe Mumbai in particular, was one of those places that they were going to go to on tour. So there were a lot of people who lost out on um, BTS coming to their city. I know, you know, for us in the DMV area in America, we lost BTS coming to Washington, D.C. for their concert. Um, and I had a ticket to FedEx field that eventually got canceled because of uh, COVID and everything. So it's a shame. And then in terms of like, um, you know, xenophobic folks in India, like in the Bollywood scene, I feel bad that, you know, there may be people who might not make them feel welcome. Um, but in terms of the Purple Ribbon Project, obviously as armies we can't do that because that would mean that we would have to be aware of BTS's flight schedules. And that's just not something that Big Hit approve of. So maybe if their actual security team wanted to do that, that would be cool. Um, but also sending a perspective list would actually be a good way to start to blacklist celebrities and all that kind of stuff, because you know, navigating a new country and then having to maybe go on interviews um, in different places in that country, maybe a new experience for them. So having a little bit of a cheat sheet to figure their way around might be nice.
1: And, um, you know, if you're worried about, you know, BTS experience being garbage because of, you know, the xenophobia they might face or hate from local celebrities, I mean, we had that issue in the U.S. too, right? Um, I know the U.S. didn't have, you know, the same problems as, like, Indian armies were having with, you know, um, with people, um, targeting armies you know on the streets and stuff like that but at the end of the day bts knows that all they have you know is themselves and army so i don't think that outside factors are you know going to make them think less of indian armies at all
0: yeah so i would say um just work to support them in the best way that you can um and yeah um i think that that's the best that we can do um so the next submission says why is it that people think that bts are politicians if they speak up they're criticized for not doing enough and when they don't comment bts are criticized for not using their platform last time i checked the boys are musicians not political leaders why must they solve world hunger and end poverty too alongside their albums and this is from the usa this is 100 exactly. percent facts and we saw this with the whole white house issue and i had pointed this out um earlier about how it's so weird how when it came to things like, for example, Black Lives Matter, that like everybody was like, where is BTS? But then when it comes to BTS addressing anti-Asian hate, they're like, oh, BTS are the wrong people to address this. Oh, uh, it should be only for Asian Americans, even though the topic was just broad anti-Asian hate and diversity and inclusion and all that kind of stuff. And so it just made no sense to me the way that people want BTS to speak on pretty much every single issue that this world is facing except for the ones that directly impacts them. And so that's when, you know, putting all that into context, that's when I realized just how two-faced people are and how much they love to have double standards for BTS, the way that they love to move the goalposts. I mean, we've been new, to be honest, but like this really exacerbated it, like the whole White House issue. And so that's why I just do not really pay much attention to um so many people outside of the fandom who are saying oh bts needs to speak bts needs to speak on this and like i feel like at this point like it's just all such performative stuff that i feel like once you get off of twitter like these types of people don't exist that much
1: right like once you actually interact with people In real life, you're not going (laughs) to deal with these problems, Um, which which is why I have to say a lot of the times, if you see, you know, some conflict happening on Twitter, explain it to yourself out loud, explain it to someone else out loud, and you will see how crazy and absolutely insane these people sound like. It is truly chronically online behavior and you know what as someone who's chronically online i somehow do not have chronically online illness i'll say that um because the (laughs) way that you know just simple logic and reading comprehension it's 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 completely abandoned on twitter i have never seen you know such a visceral reaction Um, that's not true, I've seen lots of visceral reactions to BTS doing things, um, but it's just, like, the way that, it wasn't even K-pop stance, it was, you know, local journalists, it was, you know, so many people, um, that just coming, just coming out of the woodwork, uh, to, you know, put in their own two cents about, you know, BTS doing a little speech at the White House, and then when BTS did the speech, everyone was silent, (laughs) Like, where, where did it go? Like, I, I still don't, um, like, understand what the outreach was about, and that, that was just more proof that it was all just performative, that people didn't really actually care, they were just mad that it was BTS doing it, because after they did it, uh, people were, people were quiet.
0: Yeah, it's just very, very annoying the way that people constantly just want BTS to be doing all these other things without realizing that they're just musicians yes they do philanthropic work and i think that that's something that every musician should be doing however expecting musicians to be speaking up on issues that not even our politicians are addressing it's like where are your priorities why don't you ask the actual leaders of our country to be working these issues out instead of expecting seven men from korea to come and fix america's problems i just don't get that They'll ask BTS to talk about issues from America, from, from freaking, I don't know, Germany, from everywhere in the world. And, you know, the way that people also just expect them to just, I, I don't know. And, like, the whole thing with the White House, Um, uh, another issue I saw people bring up, they were like, oh... How is it that BTS are going to the White House to talk about anti-Asian issues, but then they're not going to the Blue House in Korea to talk about, you know, uh, the issues about like, I don't know, misogyny or something that's running rampant in Korea, especially with the election of the new uh, president over there. And I'm like, BTS went to the White House because they were invited to go to the White House. Right. So Mm -hmm. if they were to go and speak about those types of issues at the Blue House, you would have to wait for the president to invite them. And he's probably not going to because his views are so completely opposite to BTS's that I don't think he would ever want them in the Blue House. I mean, he's literally misogynistic, and he had that whole thing where he was trying to increase work hours in Korea when there's already an issue of overexhaustion and overworking in uh, Korea. And so, like, he's been trying to like work to change a lot of rules um, that will end up really harming uh, Koreans. And so when people are like, "Oh, BTS should go to the Blue House," it's like, "Okay, but do you really think that their president is going to invite them? Like, be serious."
1: Like, what do you mean you want BTS to speak about misogyny in Korea and like on a huge platform when the current Korean government does not care? <laughs> like, they do not know, care. No sense. You see, you know, um, you know, female. K-pop idols who have like a phone case that says girl power on it and they get attacked for being misandrous it is absolutely insane like if i don't understand why so many non-koreans were wanting bts to address um you know these issues because i feel like a lot of them don't even understand or have like a basic fundamental understanding of how those issues are even operating in Korea, and so to have the audacity to expect BTS to speak on them, is just ridiculous.
0: Yeah, honestly, that whole situation has just been completely blown out of proportion, so that's why I just do not care anymore for anybody who has anything to say about BTS going to the White House, because I've seen all the arguments, and all the arguments are very stupid, so I'm tired. So moving on to uh, this uh, next submission, they say streaming is not our job, of course, but it is actually our strength with how we repay BTS. It's like working hard for them like they do for us. If not, then we will be any other K-pop group and fans and not the BTS and ARMY. Why is it hard to understand? And this is from India. Yeah, I don't know who they're directing this at, whether it's to armies who believe that we don't need to try as hard or to just K-pop fans who don't believe we need to try as hard. But our stance is still the same. The way that we can repay BTS best is by supporting their music and by supporting all of the projects that they come out with. And so I do not tolerate people saying, oh, we we shouldn't need to care about streaming, we shouldn't need to care about buying, we shouldn't need to care about uh, constantly needing to do this every comeback. Because yes, we do. Especially because BTS have their own goals that they want to achieve as musicians. And in order for those goals to be achieved, we have to work hard. Like we have said before in previous episodes, Namjoon does not say teamwork makes the dream work for fun. He doesn't say that for giggles. He says it because it's true. In order for BTS to reach the heights that they've had to reach, it's required both sides to put in their 100%. And it's because we've done that over the years, that's why BTS is as big as they are. And so when it comes to people who are trying to act like we shouldn't need to support them as hard as we do... We we do. We absolutely do. Um, because this is the most tangible way we can show our support. And on top of that, you know, being able to support them the right way and support them properly means that they're going to have the resources to be able to do more projects like the, like the ones that what they're doing now in the future. So, like, you know, we're not going to get something as big in scale as, for example, Map of the Soul 7, if we're constantly just underperforming in the streaming and the buying categories because it's like that type of stuff is expensive to do and it's not just BTS that needs to get paid, it's their staff, it's whoever they outsource for whether it's stage production or it's costume design or creative direction with the music video. There's so many people involved in the process and so if none of those people are getting money to do their jobs then they're just not going to do their jobs and then that's how you end up with lower quality music, lower quality... Uh, aesthetics, lower quality, everything and so that's why I will always stand by what ARMY is doing now and I do not tolerate slander against that basically.
1: Exactly. Um, But yeah, that's that once again, you know, you've said it before, I'll say it again. Um, Yeah, streaming is on the job but it is important. So, uh, that actually ends this category uh, so we're moving away from the general uh, category and now we are entering eternal issues so the first submission in this category says it is comeback season would like to see more goals on the timeline instead of being baited by those of known points from the usa and you know what yeah this this is this happens every single comeback season there's always Some drama that picks up, like, uh, like, two, three weeks before, uh, to, you know, try and divide the fandom, or people are just on edge and start to lose focus a little bit, and then comeback happens, and we snap back right into place. It is, it is this cycle that happens every comeback, and we will probably continue to see it, even with, um... When we start getting, you know, their solo comebacks.
0: Yeah, so I'm just hoping that uh, we continue to stay focused and on track. um, Because now more than ever, I think we really need to show that we're all here for BTS. Especially after, you know, the whole announcement of their temporary break. So um, I would like it if we just continue to stay within our little purple bubble and continue to just spread positivity and good vibes and good discussions. We don't need to be distracted by anything else because those things, they don't matter. What matters right now is how we support the boys and, you know, how we support their music. And honestly, that's all there is to it. So the next submission says, it makes me so sad when some armies feel obligated to know everything about every group under high because they're a fan of BTS. I feel like it's okay to be genuinely interested in the company's activities and other artists, but some fans are pressured into knowing what's going on with XYZ group by jobless clout chasers, and it's sad to see. Armies don't need to care about anyone except BTS, and we shouldn't be shamed for it. Love your podcast, by the way. Heart emoji from the USA. First of all, thank you very much. And second of all, when it comes to um, HYBE groups, I really do not push myself to know about what all those other groups are doing because... It's not in my job description. I'm an Army and my dis, and my job description is to think about BTS and support BTS and everything like that. Obviously with Delilah, your situation is different because you stand TXT and you know you pay attention to a couple of other groups as well. But even then, like for the groups that you don't really stand fully under Hybe, like you shouldn't be expected to know everything about them either. Um, I feel like, you know, just because um you know big hit um has been solely promoting bts for like the longest time up until 2019 that like armies were always just aware of what the company was doing because pretty much everything that the company did revolved around bts but now that um there is HYBE the birth of HYBE and then HYBE uh becoming the parent company and you have all of these groups under HYBE now maybe some armies still feel like um they need to keep up with what's going on when I don't think that that is necessary. I don't think that needs to be the case. Um, Just because, you know, we have new groups in our high doesn't mean we need to know everybody's, like, next move. Um, If you want to learn more about other groups, go ahead. But it's definitely not a necessity, especially if you're just an army.
1: You do not need to... Yeah, if you're an army... That means you're a fan of BTS. You do not need to care about what TXT is doing, what Enhypen is doing, what La Le- Seraphim is doing, what um, Seventeen is doing, what Fromis 9 is doing, you know, um, they're, they're you know, and then also HYBE, you know, their Japanese label um, is about to get ready to debut a, a Japanese group. Like, you do not have to care about any of this um and i think it's really weird that um people uh you know what actually i just thought of something okay so it's weird that people expect that right but at the same Mm. time there's this weird um hypocrisy where i will see um people complain that you know oh armies need to you know, they need to be nicer to other groups. They need to support other groups. But if, you know, someone who's in ARMY also likes TXT, it's like, oh, you're a company stan. Oh, you know, you you, yeah. you, you just, you know, you're just supporting them because of their connection to BTS, um, which isn't fair and blah, 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 blah. And it's, it's so weird because, you know, SM, you know, they have SM Town. They have, like, their family concert they do you know, JYP kind of has their thing. Like lots of companies have like a company family type thing situation going on and for some reason that same, you know, understanding and logic of how those companies work is not afforded to hive. It's it there is a combination of, oh, you only like Hive groups, um, you know, you you're you know, you're basically what's wrong with, you know, the k-pop industry because you don't want to see anyone else succeed but also at the same time if you don't support you know other groups in hype then it's like oh you're you know you're just a toxic army and it's 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 weird because why are these two ideas uh existing simultaneously yeah and like
0: to touch on like the whole family concept that you were just uh saying about how when armies maybe um, show appreciation or support for other groups under HYBE, then suddenly like, they're a company stand and that's wrong. Or if we do as much as even compliment anything regarding Hive or Big Hit, then we're bootlicking and stuff like that when at the same time like literally as we record this today it is actually Lee Suman's birthday and for all who don't know who Lee Suman is he's actually the founder of SM Entertainment which has groups like EXO, NCT, Red Velvet etc etc under them and they were the first k-pop company to ever be founded I believe in 1995 and so a lot of people consider Lee Suman to be the one of the pioneers of the k-pop industry um and so what like a lot of a lot of people you know do see him as that but at the same time I have said this before and I still stand on this like I still share this stance a lot of what Lee Soo Man has done with k-pop has really perpetuated the negative stereotypes of what people find wrong with k-pop like a lot of what he has done or like a lot of the negative stereotypes people have of k-pop have pretty much stemmed from sm entertainment and lee suman and i've said this before and for some reason got jumped by sm stands for saying this and even though i asked them to give me evidence to disprove my theory none of them ever actually responded to me so that was annoying um But it's true, you know, when it comes to things in terms of idol management specifically, the way that companies are run, the expectations placed on idols, um, you know, the whole slave contract thing and everything in between, all of that stemmed from Lee Suman. In fact, the reason why contracts are only seven years um, these days, the the only reason why contracts are seven years long is because of Lee Suman. Because back in the earlier days of K-pop, his company was doing straight-up 13-year contracts with idols, and they were like, that's way too long. And so, of course, so many idols had filed lawsuits against SM Entertainment, and because of that, they now made a rule for K-pop companies that they were not allowed to sign idols for a contract that was longer than seven years. And so things like that, like you really just goes to show you that he is responsible for a lot of that. And yet so many people praise him and hail him as the as the father of k-pop and so many people celebrate the things that he does and the fact that you have all of these uh k-pop fans who are celebrating lee suman's birthday despite all that he's done despite all of the instances of him mistreating idols like if you go on his wikipedia page right now there's literally a specific section that's just all the lawsuits filed against his company it's that bad and yet people do not get the same flack for doing that for sm the way that armies get flack for doing that for hybe or big hit And so I just think that that's such a big hypocrisy. And I'm not saying that I want to celebrate Bang PD's birthday every year. I don't even know when his birthday is. I don't
1: know what his birthday is either.
0: (laughs) Right. The fact that armies don't even do this for like Bang PD, but somehow where the company stands, where the bootlickers, like it just makes no sense to me. And so that type of narration, like that type of uh, narrative, just really annoys me because it's like the way that K-pop stands, do everything that armies do and more for the CEOs of their faves companies. It's just ridiculous. I
1: am just I just can't believe Lee Suman is so narcissistic. Like he really thought it would be cute to make a little birthday post um for himself, uh, just like, you know, they do for idols. But it's like you are you are not an idol. So go back to your office, you know, with your phone <laughs> case and your little glasses and, and 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 file some taxes or something, whatever CEOs do, okay? Like this is, I, I, I'm glad that, um, his post was being roasted, because who, who do you think you are?
0: Right, talking about some hashtag happy Lisu Monday, man, shut up, <laughs> I hope for your birthday you get found by the, by Interpol again, bro, because <laughs> I'm sick and tired of this man just running free, doing all of this stuff to idols, and, you know, just completely screwing them over. Meanwhile, he's got so much dirt on him that has, that goes back for decades, honestly. And you know, for those who may not understand what I'm talking about when I say I hope he gets found by Interpol, it's because back in 2005, he was actually on Interpol's wanted list because he had allegedly embezzled one million U.S. dollars. But we'll we'll get into that another time. For now, let's move on to the next submission, which is actually our last submission for this episode. And so this submission says, "Hello." This post doesn't have anything to do with BTS but how we conduct ourselves as a fandom. Armies come from all over the world and we know that every country has its own issues. I just ask that some of us be a bit more sensitive when speaking on these issues especially if you don't live in the country that's experiencing them. Foreign armies commenting under my post saying that Americans need to do dot 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 is not only an obvious statement but puts the responsibility for reform onto American citizens instead of the actual elected officials. I also ask that people refrain from saying that their country doesn't have America's issues. It feels like they're trying to flex on a hurting community. I love our fandom and how supportive we are of one another, but sometimes less is more. Give your thoughts and prayers and keep it pushing. It's been a sad week and listening to y'all's podcast has made it more bearful. Uh, has been made it more bearable. I love you guys. Heart emoji from the USA. And um, I'm not sure when exactly this um, submission was put into our form, but I'm going to assume that the whole sad week that they're referring to is about the shooting in Texas. And for those who may not know what that's about, basically there was a school shooting in Texas a couple of weeks ago um, where an 18-year-old came in with a semi-automatic uh, rifle and they had... Uh, shot up a classroom full of elementary school kids and uh, it was 19 kids who died and i believe two teachers and it was a really horrific incident it was one of the deadliest shootings in texas history and one of the most deadly shootings in american history uh it's right up there with columbine and sandy hook um it's it was a really really massive tragedy and so um a lot of times when these school shooting incidents happen sometimes a lot of people like to talk about how oh you know, thank goodness our country isn't like that, or our country doesn't experience these problems. And while I do understand that there are definitely um, things that we sh- we we would like to take away from other countries, like uh, governments, the way that they um, have their own laws about gun control, I just feel like the way that some people word it can just come off as incredibly insensitive. Because, like, we get it. Your country isn't like that. But at the same time, this is really, like, not the time to say that. Especially because we have a whole community of people who is just hurting. And we don't really need to be kind of, quote unquote, rubbing in people's faces that, like, your country isn't like that. It's just kind of insensitive. And so if you don't live in that country, all you need to be doing is just sending your condolences and sending your support that's all you need to do. We don't ask for anybody's outside opinions because it's really just not welcome. So um, for anybody who may have been guilty of doing that, um, we suggest that you just kind of dial it back next time and make sure that if you see somebody who's going through something difficult in their own country, just send your thoughts and praise. That's all they need, honestly. Um, The support and the love from other people within any given community is what is needed best at that time. And so... Um, I'm sure it wasn't everybody. Obviously, it never is everybody. But for those select few people, it definitely does pay to just be a little bit more respectful and sensitive of the situation.
1: Um, yeah, you know, with, you know, how I think another thing to also keep in mind is, you know, um, the, you know these, you know, elected officials, they might not see your tweets um, and they might not care about what, you know, the gun policy in, I don't know, Sweden is. But, um, see, just, just mentioning random countries. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, your U- USA Mutuals will see that. Um, they and, and they will get the uh, impression that you are being apathetic uh, toward a situation that they have no control over. So I I just hope that um, we can be a little bit kinder to each other. And with that, uh, that wraps up this um, first part of Army Anonymous.
0: Right. So we're going to get into the next part later on. Um, So if you got this far in the episode, we thank you for listening. And we're going to see you in part two, which will be posted tomorrow. Yep. Bye for now.